0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Whoa. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer <laughs> Joe, how are you today? Whoa is the word. Whoa. Joe and I have been up since like four o'clock in the morning. Joe, uh, because he works and has also yeah. been on this, but he emails me this morning is like, dude, you remember the Rob Schneider skit? You know, the 5,000 different ways, whatever to say dude. Mm-hmm. Joe and I woke up this morning, dude, <laughs> I I told you, I only tweeted out, what, six months ago that this thing was going to explode, Obamagate, and the spying scandal? Yeah. Folks, I've got so much to get to today. I also, if I can, I'm going to desperately try... To debunk this stupid myth out there also that because I'm seeing this as well, that somehow Obama is now responsible for this exploding economy. So if I get a few minutes, I want to cover that, too. But my gosh, are we in a new um, level of information disclosure uh, as of today as to where this thing is going to go? Yep. Stay tuned. Today's show is going to be um epic i am really having a hard time even getting my thoughts because i have so much to say all right before we get into it today's show brought to you by buddies at brick house nutrition uh we got to pay for the show love these guys have been my sponsors from the beginning they've got a new product out there that kicks butt it's <laughs> probably their best work yet and i don't just say that because i i had a role in them producing this product i love it so much i'm like guys you got to get a fruit and vegetable powder people don't have time to eat eggplant licorice parsley cherries blueberries all day but we know we should we know they have micronutrients macronutrients we should all be eating our fruits and vegetables we just don't have enough time to fit in 20 servings of fruits and vegetables a day but we know we should do it so what did our buddies at Brickhouse nutrition do they put the food into a powder you know a lot of these fruits and vegetables are 90 percent water you don't need the water you can drink the water into the faucet but you do need the nutrients for a good long healthy life Everybody understands fruits and vegetables are an integral component to a good, long, healthy life. Our friends at House Nutrition put together a fruit and vegetable supplement. I mean, it is amazing. Every th- I'm not making this up, by the way. Cherries, blueberries, licorice in there, all kinds of fruits and vegetables and with exotic chemicals that you're not going to get if you don't eat this stuff yourself. You got to go out and find this stuff, and it's really hard. These are naturally occurring compounds in fruits and vegetables that will better your life, folks. Go give it a shot. It tastes great. It's a powder. I mix it with green tea. It is my long life cocktail. I love it. Go get it at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Go pick up Field of Greens today. I'm getting tremendous, tremendous feedback. I'm using it as a nice morning pick-me-up in my green tea with a little bit of caffeine. It has a a cherry kind of licorice taste to it. It is terrific stuff. This is food, folks. Food you're not going to be able to get anywhere else. It's like an insurance policy for your fruits and vegetables. Go out and pick it up today. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. All right. Uh, Let me get something out of the way first. So. The memorandum last night is trending on Twitter. Release the memo. What is the memo? Where are we right uh, right now? There is a House Intelligence Committee memo that members of the House read last night. That describes basically what I've been telling you over the course of the last five podcast episodes, that there has been an ongoing and in my opinion, illicit, potentially illegal spying operation going on against the Trump team by the Obama team while they were still in office. We've laid that case out, I think, pretty thoroughly over the last five episodes. Now, a lot of members of Congress who may not have been read in on it are thoroughly read in. They've seen it. Many of them were disturbed enough to do interviews last night. And one, apparently, uh, Scott Perry, who I've met before, seems like a pretty nice guy, said that it was KGB-like stuff. And folks, if you've been listening to my podcast uh, for the last five days, you probably understand exactly why he would say something like that. But before we get to the explosive, or what I think are the contents of this memo, and obviously I have not read this memo, but I'll be honest with you folks, I'd like to read it. I don't need to read it to put together the case I've made for you. I've linked everything. Everything I put out there is linked in my show notes. We're not making any of this stuff up. But just one thing first before we get to it. There's a little bit of, um, I don't know what to call it, Joe, intramural kind of fighting going on. And mm-hmm. it's it's really off-putting to me. Um, I'm not going to say who because it it's not going to advance the cause. But there are a lot of people doing great work on this. Yeah. Terrific work, Joe. Um, let me make you a uh, full screen here so I can see you. There you go. There's that face. Um, mm. I get it, folks. I absolutely respect. And Joe, I don't think anybody can deny that where we've seen good work, we've cited it. We've mentioned it on the show. And I've actually to my you know, rather substantial email list, thanks to you, I've tweeted out your articles to some of you folks. Yeah. You're, I'm, I'm not your enemy. We are putting together, Matt Palumbo and I, an exhaustive book on this that covers the links. that's going to be out soon. And we, are, we footnoted all the material. I'm not your enemy. But there was a Twitter kind of thing back and forth last night where I had suggested, folks, the dossier is not. The, it's, a, it's a big story. The fake dossier against Trump as a information source to acquire a FISA warrant to spy on the Trump team is a huge deal. I'm not trying to minimize that, but Joe, where I need to be crystal clear with you and everybody else so you understand, because I think there's some confusion here, Mm -hmm. this story is so big that I don't even think that, although substantial, is the big story. Mm -hmm. The big story about the dossier is, was the dossier, however illicitly uh, composed, used, to advance their cause. The bigger story is, was it the legal cover for an already ongoing spying operation against the Trump team? And I'm saying this because there was a Twitter feed that says, oh, well, you know, Bongino's getting distracted with this higher end stuff about motive. No, motive matters. I, maybe it's that I was a federal investigator and understand the awesome powers of the police state when necessary. I'm not patting myself on the back, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give you my bona fides here that that's what terrifies me. Motive matters. If the police state was used to cover for bigger things and there's connections to be made by remembering the names, we need to make them. And, and I'm sorry that little individual components of the story don't fit into a narrative that you, you know, you may like or not like, but that doesn't make the facts any different. This is important. Okay, now, this is where, uh, now, so let me just again tie that up because I think one of the things we do pretty well on this show is make points, but make points why they should matter to you. The motive as to why Obama would spy on the Trump team matters. It absolutely matters. The mechanics are important, yes, to expose how the mechanics can be used to gum up the engine of the United States government and target its own citizens but the motive absolutely matters the motive matters because the players are the same there is an incentive for them to cover up things that happened during the obama years uranium one the iran deal quid pro quos this all matters Now, Joe, the big story, I think, here, in addition to the sting operation Mm -hmm. uh, conducted against Trump in an effort to entrap his people, is the fact that governments, friendlies and hostiles, cooperated in this. Mm. You have that soundbite ready there? Yeah, man. This was a a gem found by my co-author. that has been out there. I've, I've seen it before. Forgive me. I can't remember where. But I haven't played a lot of sound for you because I've been so busy trying to make these connections. But let me just describe to you what you're about to hear. And again, the premise now we're trying to set up. Obama spied on Trump. Foreign governments, both friendly and hostile, advanced this spying operation. This is a soundbite from Bill Browder, targeted by the Russians for his support of the Magnitsky Act. Folks, you have to understand this. Browder supports the Magnitsky Act. The, Magnits- the Magnitsky Act is a is a is a bill supported by pass supported by Ben Cardin of Maryland, who I ran against. Magnitsky sanctions Russian officials who were involved in crimes and money laundering and that kind of thing. So these sanctions would apply to them when they come into the United States that would prevent them from doing things they want to do. The Russians hate Magnitsky for an obvious reason. Russian oligarchs and wealthy people connected to the government, politicians included, don't want to be sanctioned internationally. They want to be able to do business using U.S. dollars to U.S. institutions and to travel to the United States. They hate Magnitsky. Is that clear, Joe? I'm trying to make it as yeah. simple as possible without losing you. No, no, you're good. Russians who are very powerful are being hurt by Magnitsky, okay? Bill Browder is an American finance financial guy, basically, who discovers some impropriety in Russia and is targeted by the Russians. Browder in turn supports Magnitsky. Browder is then targeted by Fusion GPS working on behalf of the Russians to tar and feather Browder. Fusion GPS, remember the names, remember the names, remember the names. Fusion GPS, obviously, is the same political oppo research group run by Glenn Simpson that is also working for Hillary Clinton to compile negative information on Trump, which is provided through Russian intelligence. Think about what I just told you. You're about to hear the voice of Bill Browder testifying on Capitol Hill to Senator Lindsey Graham about what he knows, one, about being targeted. It's quick. It's only 47 seconds. But who he thinks is paying Fusion GPS to target him, Bill Browder, but Fusion GPS is also targeting Trump. The question you should be asking yourself is, who's paying Fusion GPS? Oh, Hillary? But who else? Play the cut reads like some kind of novel that uh nobody would buy <laughs> it's got to be fiction but un- unfortunately maybe it's true uh let's just break down sort of why you're here you believe that fusion gps should have registered under FARA because they were acting on the behalf of the russians that's correct so i just want to absorb that for a moment The group that did the dossier on president trump hired this british spy Wound up getting it to the FBI. You believe they were working for the Russians. And in the spring and summer of 2016, um, they were um, receiving money indirectly from uh, a senior Russian government official. OK. W- what? The spring and summer of 2016, when Jim Comey already acknowledges on the road there's an ongoing counterintelligence investigation. There's already an operation ongoing to hit these Trump guys about some Russian collusion that's not happening. He already acknowledges there's an investigation ongoing. Comey already acknowledges, as we said in a prior episode, that he did not notify, according to policy, excuse me, according to de facto policy at the time, what they he does not notify Congress about this ongoing operation. He acknowledges this to Representative Elise Stefanik from New York, that he didn't notify, that White House knew, but Congress did not know. So there's already a cryptic spying operation ongoing. The spying operation undergo, uh, undergo ongoing. Excuse me, against the Trump team. This whole entrapment operation is ongoing, using information from an organization being played, paid by, but paid and played. That was a, man. Talk about a Freudian slip. Being paid and played by Hillary Clinton's campaign, and also by a high-ranking government official, according to a guy so intimately involved that he's been targeted by Fusion GPS, too. Folks, now do you understand why I, I'm not focusing on one particular thing anymore? I've had to change my mind on this, too. Uh, all right, how do I do this without... Folks, I'm, I'm sorry I'm struggling to do this today, but I'm, I'm really... I don't give a rat's who gets credit for this. I mean it. I really, really don't. I am so disturbed by what I've heard over the last couple weeks in this case. You Do me a favor, transcribe my words verbatim and make them your own. I don't care. I'm not interested even remotely who gets the credit for this. I don't care. I have linked to people's stuff. I have cited people's reporting. I'm telling you what I've heard is from I, I, I don't want to say it without... But people... Who, let's just leave it at people who know. I promise they know. I, ca- I can't tell you anymore. This is not as simple as a couple of queries and a dossier. This speaks to an abuse of power on a global scale. The Russians are paying a political negative opposition research organization working for the Clintons at the same time they're working for the Clintons and providing information to their intelligence sources being used by the FBI to target a major party presidential candidate. The guy Browder's on Capitol Hill saying this. He didn't tell this to a blogger not knocking bloggers they've done great work on this i'm just saying he's on capitol hill saying this risking his entire reputation folks it doesn't only end with hostiles i think we can all agree now the russians tried to sow chaos in our election Listen to yesterday's show read yesterday's show notes the russians have a history of sowing chaos on all sides now if the link to that interview that entire interview is in yesterday's show notes to be clear the interview with Browder and Lindsey Graham listen to it it's seven minutes long well the seven minute portion. it's not the entire thing but it's a seven minute portion it covers that and more it's important you listen to that because Browder points out later in the interview we just don't have enough time today to play the whole thing Joe That in his history and experience with Russia, this is not uncommon for the Russians, just like I said on yesterday's show, to sow chaos because this is what the Russians do. Chaos sows instability, instability weakens, weakens, strengthens the opponent. It's a very simple geopolitical strategy to hurt the major world actor on the national security and economic stage. So chaos, make them weak, turn them on themselves. This isn't some nefarious plot. It's been going on forever. The Russians aren't stupid. This is what intelligence does. Counterintelligence (laughs) tries to pick it out. The problem is, Joe, our counterintelligence, in other words, Joseph, our efforts... To stop Russian chaos, actually seeded it and sowed it. Yeah. That's the story. We were, our counterintelligence apparatus, FBI, CIA, DIA, ODNI, our entire intelligence law enforcement infrastructure designed to combat Russian chaos actually did a chia pet, seeded the chia pet head of chaos, and grew those little chia seeds. Yeah, we got worked. <laughs> we got work. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. We, that's the story. That is the story. We had friendlies involved. Yeah. CNN's... Folks, just read the damn show notes. I have CNN and The Guardian, two unquestionably left-leaning outlets ideologically, already reporting... I have this in the show. Just read, go to my website, Bongino.com. I, I get it. I'm not, I don't even sell ads on my website. Just go. Read the show notes for the last week. CNN and The Guardian already reported on British intelligence passing information to the United States on Trump. Were they aware some of this intelligence may have been provided by Russian hostile actors? Or were they, were they dupes? As Joe just, there's never been a more appropriate Armacost comment for a t-shirt. We got worked. Yeah. If we don't break down the motives, the cover stories, the mechanics of how it happened, it'll happen again. The memo, from what I've heard, covers this. It covers the names of the players involved in an ongoing operation to violate the privacy rights of free American citizens who were spied on during a presidential campaign. Do you understand how explosive that is? And I, I have not read it, folks. But I know what happened based on publicly available reporting combined with unimpeachable sources pointing me in directions and away from others. Because there's a lot of stuff out there that I know for a fact is just not true. Matter of fact, and I'm not diming anybody out, mm-hmm. but there's one particular story about a White House visit that I'm absolutely sure is not not accurate. The visit happened, but it's not not like people say, be careful. I don't report on something until I'm absolutely sure it's verifiable. Folks, secondly, okay, so point number one, understand this is a global collaboration by, with hostiles and friendlies to work over the United States and we got worked and played suckers the entire time. What's the global collaboration? Publicly available reporting on the British already reporting on intel on Trump to the United States. Also, the Russians paying Fusion GPS one, to lobby against Magnitsky but Hillary playing, paying Fusion GPS, I keep saying playing because it is a Freudian slip, and getting played by Fusion GPS, paying them to get basically the same sources to turn around and give them information on Donald Trump. And you thought that information was going to be real? Folks, what makes this so devastating? There's a great uh, catch by Chuck Ross from The Daily Caller. Hat tip to him. Again, we... Folks, I didn't make, the, I'm here's the information there. I'm not trying to take credit for someone else's work. It was a great catch. Hat tip, Chuck Ross, Daily Caller. I retweeted his tweet this morning. Look at it on my timeline. He noticed something in the Senate testimony and versus the House testimony of Glenn Simpson, Joe. Again, remember the names. Mm-hmm. Simpson, the Fusion GPS founder who's working for Hillary to gain information on Trump while working for the Russians as well to get rid of Magnitsky, which the Russians hate. You think the Russians have an incentive here to provide Simpson through Steele with misinformation? Uh, you think so? Mm. They're a chaos operation. There's a good catch here. Sorry, I, know my, I have so much information. I'm, I'm really, my apologies, folks. I can't leave you over the weekend without getting this out there because I know stuff's going to come out over the weekend, Adam I'm sure of. Simpson testifies to the Senate and House and there's a huge discrepancy, Joe, between his two testimonies. Testimony on one side of the hill, he says he's known Bill Browder, the guy you just heard the soundbite from. Yeah. He said he's known him since 2009. Testimony on the other side of the hill, He says he hadn't he hadn't heard about Browder till roughly 2013 or later on. Now, obviously, folks, both of those stories can't be true. And I think it's reasonable to surmise that Simpson is trying to detach himself from a knowledge of Browder and Browder's activities. Because Simpson understands that the connection to Browder are the Russians paying Simpson to discredit Browder, which discredits Simpson and the entire dossier. Henceforth the, oh, I met him in 2009. You did, so you've known this guy. Oh, no, no, I met him in 2013. Well, Joe, both of those things can't be true, right? Right. I either met Joe Armacost in in 2009 or I met him in 2013. You don't, to meet someone or have known about someone is a pretty simple question. It, it, it's not easily misunderstood. Why would Simpson in his testimony try to obfuscate and cover when he met Browder? Because he's trying to cover a trail of being paid by the Russians to target Browder, who knows about being targeted and is testifying vocally against Simpson on Capitol. Simpson, in other words, is trying to detach himself from the Russians. Okay. Folks. I've got a killer source on this and I'm very careful about what I put out there. So I'm not willing to make a leap yet. Joe knows about the leap, Mm -hmm. but Simpson's relationship with the Russians is more troubling than the Democrats are letting on. And it is not new. Simpson's relationship with the Russians goes back a long time. And this guy is being used By Hillary Clinton, the DNC, the Obama Justice Justice Department and the FBI to provide the legal cover for a spying operation against Trump. This is the best you've got. Mm. A guy being paid by the Russians to lobby on behalf of Russian interests. Folks, keep in mind, none of that is in dispute. And I'm working on another angle now. When I get it, you'll be the first to hear it. Now. One more story, not necessarily breaking, but being covered. And I'll, I'll put a, uh, a link in there. This is kind of interesting. The Australian angle, folks. Again, remember the names. It's now coming out. And I, I'm going to put the story in. You can read it yourself. I, I'm, I do not have a solid source on if this investigation is ongoing. Or I'm just telling you that people I trust are reporting on it, including Mark Tapscott. Life's at. But there's another story at Zero Hedge, which, allu- which alludes to something I put out the other day, that the FBI may be looking into connections again, from what I said the other day, Joe, between the Australian government mm-hmm. and money provided to the Clinton Foundation for various global initiatives, that that money may have been provided under false pretenses. Now, Some of the figures, again, involved in that money transfer are some of the same figures involved with Fusion GPS and or involved with the Trump campaign and approaching the Trump campaign, talking to the Trump campaign and relaying that information to the FBI. Again, why am I bringing this up? To rewind back to my initial opening what I told you, why does motive matter? Why do the connections matter? Why do we not want to distill this down to one simple talking point? And I get it. A lot of those talking points are accurate and true and disturbing. But folks, this is a global collaboration amongst numerous entities involved in the takedown of Donald Trump. You can listen. I'm not. You can do whatever you want to me on Twitter because it's not just some conservatives are getting upset because. I, 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 honestly I don't know why I mean unless you're showboating I don't get it liberals are now coming after me like this is conspiracy theory stuff what part what part challenge me on what part the British intel relayed to the American government about Trump that I got by the way from the Guardian and CNN so Okay, Joe, if I'm a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> then by default, CNN and The Guardian are, are major conspiracy yeah. theorists because I'm just linking to their reports. What part? The Clinton Foundation getting money from the Australian government using conduits that also met with Trump team people and reported back to American Intel on what happened? Oh, you mean the reporting by the New York Times? You mean that conspiracy theorist, the New York Times? What are you disputing? <laughs> Joe, What's going to come out in this memo is so damning that all the Democrats are going to have left is this is a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. Give me a safe space. (laughs) They don't have anything else. There's no longer going to be anything to refute. Now, I have a note here. I'm not jumping around. Again, the first opening was the Browder sounder. Mm hmm. The Browder Sounder providing additional evidence that Fusion GPS is working us and working the counterintelligence apparatus of the United States on behalf of the Russians, whether they know it or not. Second part, this is a global effort. It is not just our people. There are other people, hostiles and friendlies, playing into this thing, and the information is going to be explosive. Based on liberal media reporting. Nothing to do with me. Point number three in this. Once the memo is released, and I tweeted this out last night in a tweet storm for the ages. (laughs) I think I had every tweet. One had 11,000 retweets on it. There's no plausible deniability here for Obama. The connection to the Obama DOJ which he was in charge of, there's not going to be any... Obama's only defense to this would have to be, I was the dumbest president in U.S. history and had no idea what was being done in mine or the American citizens' names. I tweeted out, plausible deniability is gone and stupidity is not a defense. What is the connection here to the Obama White House? It's important that you go back and you remember the testimony of Evelyn Farkas, I shouldn't say testimony, the statements is more precise. I want to be very clear. Liberal buffoons, listen to this stuff. The comments, statements of Evelyn Farkas, an Obama administration official on MSNBC about this entire operation. For some insane, stupid reason, I can only attribute to grotesque hubris pride, or maybe just stupidity, and I don't mean that like, to, well, there's no real way to say that in a nice way, but inexperience on TV, I don't know. I, I do a lot of TV, uh, a lot, like 15 hits a week, okay? When you're relatively new at TV, or you don't do it often, Joe, you can get, I mean, you're in a media sure. atmosphere. People come into the radio station yeah. all the time, even at the local radio, and they get overwhelmed. Uh, yeah. You see him bumbling, stumbling. I know Joe and I have been involved in it. Yeah, you got to be on your this toes. On, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got to be you're darn right. You got to know your stuff. But on these interviews, I've seen it. I've seen like first timers and people who've done it, but don't do it a lot. They get involved and, and absorbed in the moment and 40, 50, 60 seconds in a minute, two minutes in, they forget they're on TV and they, they feel the need to be authoritative and they say stuff they wouldn't ordinarily say. Evelyn Farkas, an Obama administration official, goes on MSNBC in an interview, and in that MSNBC interview, admits that they have been going to Capitol Hill with information on the Trump team in an effort to get it out there before Obama leaves office. Folks, what? I'm going to get this soundbite for you next week. I I really, it's, it's, I'll get it for you. It's not hard to find. Wow. And I would have had it for Joe before him, but there's so much to get out there. I'm just now, just so we're clear on what we're trying to set up. I'm trying to set up for you that Obama administration officials throughout the administration, sprinkled like roaches everywhere, knew what was going on. There's no way Obama doesn't know that Trump is being spied on. Farkas, on this MSNBC interview, admits that information's being given at Capitol Hill about the Trump team And that they're disseminating it because they know about his contacts with the Russians. What? Now, I'm going to refer. Again, we're trying to set up the premise. There's no plausible deniability for Obama once this memo comes out. Byron York writes a piece the day before my birthday, December, uh, December 3rd, 2017, just about a month ago, month and a half. I've referred to this piece many times. I'm going to re-include this piece again in today's show notes because you must. Not telling you what to do. Not your dad, your mom, or your preacher. But if I ever had a capital must, you must read this story. Because it explains the takedown, the illicit, disgusting, disturbing takedown of Mike Flynn, and it describes it And after reading this piece and the sequence of events, again, it will be impossible to not implicate Obama in an ongoing targeting operation of the Trump team. Now, again, I'll put that in the show notes, available at Bongino.com. Please subscribe to my email list. I will send these right to you. What's the premise of the Byron York piece that you should reread, put out on December 3rd of 2017? The premise of the piece is that before I, you know what, before I set that up, I've been asking you the question the entire time. What was the predicate crime committed by the Trump team to start this spying operation? Because the order matters. Crime committed, government spying, not a problem, Joe. It's not. Governments do it all the time. Mm -hmm. I was a federal agent. You get a source that comes in. The source is credible, verifiable, provides to you an email trail and information, uh, excuse me, pieces of information about a a money counterfeiting operation. We did a lot of that in the Secret Service, a credit card sting. You're like, okay, great. What do you do? You get your guy, you go out, you conduct physical surveillance, you look around, you take some pictures of, you know, credit cards changing hands or counterfeit money changing hands. You send the source in, you maybe record a few phone calls. So source comes in, in, in this is important, order matters, folks. Source comes in, information is verified, right. investigation begins. It is not investigation begins, sources come in, never verified. That's not the order. <laughs> If you read the York piece, it's clear as day that the sources providing information about criminality were never there. Read the piece. The only thing they had, remember, sources, investigation, not investigation sources. Order (laughs) matters. The York piece is clear as day that the investigations ongoing And the fabrication of a narrative and a crime happens after. Crime, investigation. Not investigation, crime. The order matters. York walks through systematically providing dates and commentary from liberal lawmakers. He walks through the genesis of a narrative they fabricated after the investigation into Trump had started. What was the narrative? I covered this on my December 6th show. Go back and listen. The Logan Act. Folks, they needed a reason to spy on the Trump team. This is why I'm not minimizing the dossier. I'm just telling you the Logan Act, the dossier. This is all legal machinery used to cover for an investigation that should have never been ongoing in the first place. This is where me being a former federal agent, I become so frightened. I mean, literally, I don't mean frightened like sitting in a corner like a snowflake. I mean, I know the power of the federal government. We had it. It's troubling. You damn well better have constitutional limitations on that. Maybe this is why this doesn't bother other people like it bothers me, or uh, maybe I'm misinterpreting their words, but this is the scandal. The scandal is the order. Investigation, crime. Not crime, investigation. Folks, We investigate, as I've been saying for now six months on this, as I've been all over this damn thing. We investigate crimes. We don't investigate people. You don't walk into a police precinct and say, I don't like my neighbor. Go find a crime he committed. You walk into your precinct and say, hey, my neighbor just punched my dog. Can you investigate We don't investigate people because if you want to find a crime on someone, Joe, you damn well know what you're going to find. Joe and I would be in jail tomorrow. I'm telling you, folks, I know we're both sinners, okay? You want to find Joe or I ripping a mattress tag off, you're going to find it. Oh, yeah. This is why we don't target people. We target crimes. When a crime is severe enough that you have a complainant that walks into a precinct or an FBI office and says that my bank was robbed, my child was kidnapped, my neighbor broke in my house, that warrants a police investigation. We don't do it the opposite way. Complain about a person and then start an investigation later. They needed cover. The machinery cover was the dossier. Oh, look, Joe, we got a FISA warrant. Here's why we've been doing this the whole time. Oh, well, isn't that neat? The crime cover, which they needed to go back and recreate, in effect, finding Joe ripping a mattress tag off after they've targeted Joe, Mm -hmm. was the Logan Act. What is the Logan Act? And this is why Obama has no plausible deniability. Sally Yates is his is a high ranking DOJ official who absolutely is communicating with the White House on an ongoing investigation. There's no way they don't know. Yates is the one after the election who approaches Trump as she still she hasn't been fired after Trump takes office. We clear on this, folks. Mm -hmm. She survives through the transition. She's fired later after opposing Trump on the travel ban, a complete violation of her job title. But that's a whole other story. Speaks to her hatred for Trump, by the way. But that's I don't want to get lost in the weeds on that. She survives the transition with Trump. It's Yates, an Obama acolyte, who walks into Trump's office and says, we got a problem with Flint. The Trump team's like, we do? What's the problem? Now, York's careful in the piece. She never directly mentions the Logan Act, but she hints around that there was some inappropriate conversations. Now, why, Joseph, why would she not mention the Logan Act directly? Let me propose something to you. Mm. Maybe because she knows it's bull. (laughs) You think? Yeah. She does not want to be on the record saying all she (laughs) wants to do is feel around because now they're in a panic They lost the election unexpectedly, and as I've said to you repeatedly, now they need cover for this entire spying operation that uh, that was ongoing the entire time. They better find something. Joe's dad's elected president, and the FBI didn't like Joe and just started investigating Joe for no reason, and then they come in later Mm. on, they're like, damn it, Joe Armacaw's dad is now president of the United States. He's going to find out we've been investigating Joe. For what? Nothing. We just didn't like him. Ooh. Well, what do we do? Okay, I know he ripped the mattress tag off. Let's go approach Joe's dad. Uh, we got something going on here, uh, or, or Mr. Armacost Sr. What is it? Joe ripped the mattress tag off. <gasps> he did? He ripped the mattress tag off? What are we going to do? Folks, do you understand? They re- they reverse-engineered a crime. Maybe that's the best way to say this. They reverse engineered a crime. The Lo- uh, you know what? I, if you, I'm sorry if you don't know what the Logan Act I've explained it a few times and I assumed a lot of you knew. but You may not. The Logan Act means, it, it basically says that private citizens cannot negotiate with foreign governments. It is a nonsensical, I, in my opinion, unquestionably unconstitutional, nonsense crime that, keep in mind the perspective here, folks, has never, ever in the history of the United States been successfully prosecuted and is really a laughing stock. I, I, the only thing I can, I can't even compare it to jaywalking because there are people, Joe, yep. who have been fined for jaywalking. There is no one who has ever been fined or charged with the Logan Act. It is a complete violation. When I say constitu- unconstitutional, it is an absolute violation of free speech. Mm-hmm. You can talk with whoever the hell you want. You can't commit treason against the United States. You can't, Relay to foreign government's classified information, but you are absolutely permitted to communicate with a foreign government. 100%. It is a nonsensical, and with the Logan Act, you're not allowed to conduct foreign policy. What does that mean? What's foreign policy? What if you I mean, well, seriously, what if you're having dinner in a restaurant and a guy you know comes over and goes, Hey, I'm here with the Kenyan ambassador, and the Kenyan ambassador starts talking about some sanction against the Kenyan government. You go, Yeah, I don't like that. I mean, are you gonna go to jail? Do you understand that's how dumb the Logan Act is? <laughs> mm-hmm. Jimmy Carter would be in jail for for his things for his efforts on behalf of the Palestinians. Jesse Jackson would be in jail for his efforts on behalf of the North North Koreans. Dennis Rodman would be in jail for going to North Korea. Nobody takes this seriously. But you're telling me that the Logan Act, reverse engineering a crime, the Logan Act, was the predicate for the most devastating spying operation against a presidential candidate in U.S. history? (sighs) All right. I I have... I mean, I think you can sense it where I'm going. And I'm just, yeah. uh, I'm overwhelmed here because I'm being bombarded from all ends. I got liberals saying, oh my gosh, you're getting to conspiracy theories. Really? Which part there, Jack? Which part? Daddy-o. Why don't you tweet me which part exactly is a conspiracy theory so I can make an ass out of you on social media? Then I got other people, conservatives, tell, telling me like we're on, you know, motive doesn't matter. This is insane. Okay. This is important. Now let me read you some stuff from the from the uh, the piece here by Byron York because it's important. Uh-huh. At the same time, let me just see where we're going with this. Oh, wait, one more thing here. Nah, forget it. we already covered that with Chuck Russ. I'm sorry. I just this is important. So this is from the piece here about from Byron York about the reverse engineering of the Logan Act to manufacture a crime. They were talking about how the Obama administration, they called on the Obama administration. These are, uh, these are liberals out there who are, who are read in, by the way, on this reverse engineering of the Logan Act, mm-hmm. called on the Obama administration to investigate the Trump team for possible Logan Act violations. We already know that I just said that, but here's the important part. And to do it while Democrats still controlled the executive branch. Why am I telling you this part? Because the reverse engineering, the using of the Logan Act to CYA for an ongoing illicit spying operation on the Trump team, reached full crisis panic mode when Trump won the election. They needed now to cover. They had to start this, though, the Logan Act narrative amongst lawmakers and the media. And don't forget that point. I'm not losing. I'm just I have a lot to tell you. Don't forget the point about the media. They have to start the media echo chamber, hat tip Ben Rhodes from the Obama administration. It's kind of reverse hat tip because we're making a fool out of you. Ben Rhodes talked about the media echo chamber. They dominate. They have to start this Logan Act story going after Flynn before Obama leaves while they still have bureaucratic control over the messaging from the White House, the messaging to Capitol Hill, and while they still have technical control over the classified information, which they intend to leak. So what do they do? This is where Farkas comes in. These Obama not not low, low level, but respect well, respectively low compared to other players in it, go out there up on Capitol Hill and other places. Give them classified information about conversations and spying on the Trump team with and, and tell them the narrative is going to be now, folks, wink, wink, nod, nod, reverse engineering of crime, that this was all done in violation of the Logan Act. And the Trump team was talking to foreign governments because Mike Flynn had talked to the Russian ambassador, by the way, a job description of an incoming national security advisor. They then go out there. And they spread this stuff around to the media echo chamber. Now I'm going to make a connection for you. This is a doozy. Yeah. Yesterday uh, was it yesterday show? I'm pretty sure I brought up the fact that a certain reporter from the Washington Post is now trying to cover the FBI's tracks with a piece saying, oh, you know, it seems like the FBI was just doing its job and running this down. And I responded to him in a tweet. I haven't heard back from him, but I, he's not a verified account, so I I should look. I shouldn't say he didn't respond because I don't know that yet, but I'll, I'll check. I responded back to him. Are you serious? Like, you do understand that Fusion GPS were paid political operatives who were also, according to your own reporting, working for the FBI. Like, that doesn't bother you. Now, hold on to that because this same reporter's name is going to come up in a second this is from the mike flynn piece on december uh december 3rd of 2017 by byron york about the logan act the reverse engineering of a crime the logan act okay let's see here okay Uh, i'm quoting here a critical moment came two weeks later on january 12th 2017 when the Washington Post David Ignatius reported the Flynn Kislyak calls, so just I'm going to go on a second, but just to be clear, we're talking about here. David Ignatius from the Washington Post, who yeah. claims his source, by the way, is a senior U.S. government official, is now has information about a U.S. citizen being taped by the United States government under the false pretense of a Logan Act violation. David Ignatius of the Washington Post has this information on January 12th of 2017. Pretty interesting. Now, why would Ignatius go back then? We're now in 2018, for those of you who are losing track of time with this. Why would Ignatius then come back later on, a few days ago, and write an op-ed piece or an opinion piece from his column in the Washington Post, now trying to frantically cover for the FBI. Can I suggest to you that possibly David Ignatius has been misled by someone who either doesn't know or has a motive to cover their own tracks? Does the media echo chamber have any idea that they may have been, as Joe Armacus would say, worked to the entire time? That maybe their own liberal uh, bias has blinded them to the fact that they have been played by the Russian government too? I go on here, quoting. Ignatius said his source was a senior U.S. government official. What did Flynn say? And did it undercut the U.S. sanctions, uh, sanctions, Ignatius asked? The Logan Act, though never enforced, bars U.S. citizens from correspondence intending to influence a foreign government about disputes with the United States. This is important. It was a stunning leak. The existence and content of U.S. spy intercepts are highly, highly classified, but the Obama administration let the information out. One more line. Ignatius's report set off a new round of media discussion about the Logan Act. This led to more action on Capitol Hill. Folks, you see how the Obama law enforcement, fusion GPS, Russian, Sally Yates, media echo chamber worked. Ignatius got played. And Ignatius either knows he got played and is desperately covering his tracks or doesn't know he got played and is one of the worst op-ed opinion piece writers, pseudo-journalists you've ever seen in American history. He's now trying to cover his tracks. Or... He's so silly, he doesn't even know he has tracks to cover. How the hell did David Ignatius get information about a U.S. citizen, Mike Flynn, being spied on absolutely under false pretenses of a crime that no one has been prosecuted with successfully in the entire history of the United States? And Ignatius isn't even remotely inquisitive about that. Folks, they targeted Flynn. Let me read you another quote from this piece because I, I, I can't get past this. I think history is going to judge Mike Flynn far differently. It says, at the same time, inside the Obama Justice Department, it appears the Logan Act became a paramount concern among some key officials in the critical weeks, ah, pay attention, in the critical weeks of December 2016 and January 2017. Why would, folks, why would the... I'm, I'm quoting him here. The Logan Act become a, quote, paramount concern in December 2016 and January 2017. Well, now, Joe, the election's over. Election happens in November. Now they're in a panic because who's now getting briefed by the intelligence community mm-hmm. on what's going on daily? President-elect Trump, mm-hmm. who's obviously not sworn in until January, but he gets the briefings, I assure you. I've been there through presidential transitions. This is not a mystery. Right. Now he's getting briefed. Now the Obama administration's like, holy shnikes. Sooner or we didn't expect this guy to win. Now we better come up with something real fast because he's going to find out pretty soon we've been targeting him. Conveniently, by the way, Mike Rogers goes and visits Trump in Trump Tower on November 17th. The admiral in charge of the NSA, who's read in on all of this, by the way, and Trump evacuates Trump Tower the next day. But no, it's all a coincidence show. Mm -hmm. So now there's panic in the White House in December and January. And it becomes a, quote, paramount concern to get the Logan Act narrative out there. Gee, why would that be? To reverse engineer a crime that never happened to justify you spying on your political opponent? I'm just saying. It goes on. Wait, let's reset a second. All of this again is me setting up to you that Obama has no plausible deniability in this says former deputy attorney general uh, Sally Yates has told Congress that the Logan Act was the first reason she intervened in the Flynn case wow fascinating the reason that FBI agents were sent to the White House to interview Flynn in the Trump administration's early days. It was that interview held on January 24, 2017 that ultimately led to Flynn's guilty plea. Don't you find it even remotely ironic that nobody has actually been charged with the Logan Act? Folks, the FBI shows up to interview Flynn under, at best... Deceptive pretenses. I know this. Trust me. Flynn has no idea he's about to be interviewed about a crime, and I'm using air quotes, no no American has ever been successfully charged with. It's a joke. Flynn's about to be interviewed for the jaywalking of federal crimes for ripping a mattress tag off. He has no idea. He thinks this interview is about something completely different. He has no lawyer. He has no reason to ask for a lawyer. He doesn't even think this is a criminal interview. They show up. They interview him. One of the agents at the interview goes back and tells Andrew McCabe that they think Flynn was open and honest. The other one, Peter Stroke, who hates Trump, as we've seen from his text messages to his girlfriend, Lisa Page, seems to think otherwise and thinks that they can get Flynn for fibbing, federal fibbing. Another crime nobody's ever charged with. Almost, I I told you my story. I'm not going to say it again. A a, a joke. But folks, don't you find it strange that the whole premise for the interview is Flynn spoke with the Russian ambassador. By the way, a job description. And Joe, the attacking him on his job description using the Logan Act. Well, he shouldn't be talking to foreigners, but he's never charged with the Logan Act. Doesn't that bother any of you? He's never charged with the Logan Act. He's charged with false statements because the FBI has been recording him. Look at the circular reasoning. We have his conversation with the Russian ambassador. They have the transcript. By the way, I don't remember what I said to Joe five minutes ago. Forget a conversation while you're transitioning to be the national security advisor. He's probably had a thousand conversations. He doesn't remember every word of it. So because he doesn't remember it, they don't charge him with the Logan Act while they're allegedly there. The reason they're there for they charge him with false statements. So they, they're there because of the Logan Act. He's not charged with the Logan Act. He, they're there because of a crime no one's ever been prosecuted for, ever. While they're there, they have a, transcri- a transcribed phone conversation of him talking to the Russian ambassador, they got because they're pushing this Logan Act nonsense. And after reading it, they don't charge him with the Logan Act. They charge him with not accurately remembering the entire transcribed conversation. Holy crikey, how dumb do you have to be to not see what's going on? They targeted a person, not a crime. Nobody has successfully been prosecuted for the Logan Act in the entire history of the United States. It is not a serious, it is not even a prosecutable crime constitutionally be thrown out tomorrow morning. Folks, this, I mean, this is the most explosive scandal in U.S. history. There is is no doubt, there is no doubt in my mind You will see in the coming days, as these memos come out, that the content we have provided you over the last six days, if you go back and listen, that we were spot on. That the real scandal here has been an ongoing spying operation between the Obama administration and others in an effort to take down Donald Trump. And that the alleged contacts between the Trump team and others out there were not random this was an entrapment operation the entire time remember the names they're going to keep coming up all right um i just want to hit one last topic quick because i said i would and it's important and i know a lot of you um i got an email yesterday saying i missed the economic stuff well we hit some of it yesterday but just quickly on this i'm um, great piece in the wall street journal today uh i think it was james freeman and he had a great quote from reagan joe it was a classic Mm. and they asked reagan apparently they said how did you know your economic plan was working tax cuts deregulation you know a generally conservative agenda and reagan answered back when they stopped calling it reaganomics right because then they don't want to give reagan credit so when it was working of course they wanted to credit jimmy carter or whatever (laughs) folks warning warning caution The Democrats are trying this again now. They are trying this scam that the Trump explosive economic growth we're seeing is all attributed to Obama. I got a couple of quick tidbits here to blow that nonsense out of the water. Here's number one. Don't ever forget it. Tattoo it on your forehead. The first quarter Trump gets into office. Joe, unquestionably, right? Unquestionably the time where Trump and Obama are linked the closest Mm -hmm. to the economy. Mm -hmm. The transition quarter. Mm-hmm. The quarter that covers Obama leaving and Trump swearing in. Mm-hmm. This is the time where if your premise, keep in mind, take it out to 30,000 feet. The premise the Democrats are making is Obama handed off a golden football to Trump in the economy. And all of this growth is due to Obama. For that to be true, the handoff had to be a golden football, not a football made of lead. Yeah. What was the growth rate? During the transition that Obama handed Trump, 1.2%. What have been the last three subsequent quarters of growth after the transition? Over 3%. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just giving you the numbers. Dispute them at your own peril, not mine. I'm just relaying to you facts. Obama handed Trump a turkey which he immediately turned around into nearly triple the growth rates he was given. Second, forget the Obama stock market. I've said this repeatedly, and I'll be honest, forget the Trump. Don't measure any of this by the stock market. Stock market is an indicator of future growth, and I think in the Obama years, easy money that was chasing yield. Mm -hmm. I explained it on yesterday's show in detail. I'm not going to go over it again today. Interest rates were low. People were chasing a return on their money. There was no place to go but the stock market. The Fed wanted this, the substitution effect. They wanted you to substitute less risky assets for more risky assets, and that's what happened. Look at the scale of money printing in the Obama years and look at the march forward of the stock market. It is right in lockstep. Secondly, The Obama years, productivity, folks, we measure productivity, that's how we measure growth. Productivity, what we produce, productivity, that's how we measure growth. Producing medicine, producing entertainment, food, water, buildings, steel, that's how we measure growth. Productivity growth in the Obama years was at historic lows, historic lows. You measure an economy by how it grows, the output it produces. The more output, the better off. Or the same output with less inputs. Either way, we grow. Historic lows under the Obama years. Investment activity. Non-residential investment. Investing in properties. investing, um, uh, Investing in capital. Investing in factories. How you grow to produce more stuff. Historic lows in the Obama years. Yet, mergers and acquisitions were high. Why? Because companies had money. They just hated the Obama economy so much they didn't invest in their own companies. They just bought other companies to merge their regulations, uh, to merge their regulatory compliance departments, legal departments, to be able to combat the Obama administration. Food stamp usage, record highs in the Obama years. Labor force participation, record uh, lows under the Obama years productivity growth, all of this at lows. Folks, it is absolute nonsense to attribute any of this to Obama. And I'm going to leave you with this one point. He is the first president in American history because I get some questions about this. To never reach 3% annualized growth. Annualized, annualized, annualized. One more time, annualized. Because people send me, oh, my liberal friend said in this quarter of twenty uh 2014, he reached 3% growth. We. We're measuring it by year. He never, ever, not one time in his eight years hit 3% growth. He's the first president to never do that. Why does 3% matter, Joe? Because that has been the historical average of the United States. Obama is the first one to never hit that target. All right, folks, please go to Bongino.com, subscribe to my email list. I have these articles you have to read, the Byron York piece and a couple of other doozies in there that you're not going to want to miss. And uh, hopefully I'll get some more information on some a tip I've got that I can get out to you on Monday. I'll see you on next week. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.